Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Welcome edition to... of our podcast. Welcome to the Reconstructing History Podcast. I'm Cass. I am Bob. And uh, yeah, we're you'll experience a bit of delay because we are recording this remotely, as you can tell if you're watching it on YouTube. And we talk over each other. And a, when we talk over each other, you can't hear either of us. A bit, sometimes, yeah. Otherwise, there's these long gaps in between. <laughs> so. Sometimes we wait for each other, and sometimes we don't wait for each other, and both are a problem. But, you know. Which brings I, us neatly to the topic of uh, today's podcast, but let's not segue yet. Let's instead you know, do the whole, you know, how's the weather, how's things? Oh, we are, they're kind of saying we're going to get like a foot of snow, which wow. is extraordinary. But I think all the weather reports I'm reading are national weather reports, mm. not local weather reports. So, you know, it, it's a whole world of difference here beneath the rivers. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a different, mm. different climate, different microclimate. Yeah. And much warmer, much wetter. I mean, I don't know if it could be much wetter, but much warmer and certainly, you know, not right there on the North Sea. And um, yeah, so we're supposed to get a lot of snow. I don't know if we're going to get any at all. We might just get rain. Yeah. But it's been like 10C, which is like 50 Fahrenheit for the past couple of days. And it's been, you know, dreary, but it's been warm and not too wet um you know like not pouring down rain that's but, usually what happens though when when there's a, a warm bubble like that and then the cold front yeah. comes through it that's when it just starts tomorrow, is, tomorrow it's going to be zero which yeah. is freezing 32 you know so yeah so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be miserable and i'm not looking forward to it because i really need some sunshine right about now but you know, the, there are daffodils blooming, there are crocuses blooming. Um, I have some hyacinths here that smell wonderful. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to remain up, but it's February. February is not a very up month. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. hard. Yeah, we've still got... How's, Sorry? How's by you? How's by you? Oh, that's we're okay. Um, we've we've still got a bunch of snow on the ground from the last storm. We got uh, between eight and nine inches here, and uh, yeah, most of it still remains. It got above freezing the last few days, but that just served to uh, compact it, put a crust of ice on it. But yeah. the roads are clear, and that's fine. We've got nothing even approaching crocuses, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the daffodils aren't just popping up. The daffodils are in full bloom. Wow. Here, so, so, um, yeah, that's kind of cool. But I'm not in Earsol. Meh. Which it, is it's a thing. it's a thing. Yeah. So let's go back wow. to this. Let's go back to the segue. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's segue yet again. Um, because this, this one is no, this segue doesn't even exist. I was going to say it's not elegant, but it, it's not even there. No. Um, because we realized we'll something. We'll a picture of a segue. <laughs> nice. Um, 
we realized recently that we just celebrated a very special milestone, did we not, darling? Yes. On January 26th, 2021, we have been married 20 years. Two zero. I, I don't know if you could say we celebrated a milestone because we're on different continents. and. Well, we did. We talked. And we went, we yay. Talked. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> you know... I didn't get a card this year. I usually get a card from your parents. I didn't get a card this year. I know. I made fun of my mom for that. <laughs> you should. I feel like out of sight, out of mind, or or not out of sight, but you're in sight, so she forgets I exist. No, uh, she she was mortified. She's like, I didn't, um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, in, in celebration thereof, wanted to uh, talk about how we got here without one or the other of us or both ending up in prison and also i mean i just looked at the calendar i think that this podcast is going to post on february 15th Brilliant. so it's the day after valentine's day and it's totally a coincidence that's not why we decided to do this Aww, we decided it's still yes. sweet well, it, it's a hallmark holiday that i never celebrate because you know back in my teen years it was a big thing and nobody ever sent me Valentine's Day cards, so I have very bitter feelings. Um, so, I mean, I don't, we never do anything special for Valentine's. I've never, not in any relationship I've ever been in. Matter of fact, most relationships I've been in have broken up right before Valentine's Day, so the bastard didn't have to get me anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, find it, I find it amusing that this is posting right after Valentine's Day, and we're talking about marriage and love and relationships and shit so it's i'm amused i'm amused in my cynical bitter way it's an amusing coincidence so i yeah. didn't make a list or anything um i figured we no, just riff and yeah, uh, I mean, ultimately well here's the thing one of the things that i really really thought i would never get married and then i got married twice um <laughs> I really thought I would never get married because I'm an only child and only children are rather famous for being um, demanding on others because we don't grow up with others. We don't grow up with other people our own age. So we're very bad at sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we expect, we expect people to act a certain way that's not reality. We expect too much from people because we expect them to act like what's in our heads. Yeah. And yeah. people don't do that. And we don't learn that as children. Good thing you found another yeah. only child then, isn't it? Yeah. So we're two only children. And I'm, you know, 20 years later, I'm still asking myself, how come we don't kill each other? Because, you know, they say, you know, an, an only child should always marry a youngest child because youngest children are pleasers. The youngest children want to do everything to please you and only children will allow you to do anything to please them. Okay. I did not know that. I've, I've heard that. Um, I've, but, I've, never, um, I've never met a youngest child who is a pleaser. So all the youngest children I, I know might as well be only children. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on if they're youngest, like a year younger, or if they're youngest, oops, <laughs> yeah. we, we thought we were done. We thought we were done having kids and we had one more oops. Um, you know, that's that's a whole different ballgame. 
but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm demanding, and we're also insular. I mean, mm-hmm. we only children. This is kind of I find this very telling. When I was a kid, I didn't know they were saying I was an only child. I thought they were saying I was a lonely child. Oh, because it it sounds very similar. Yeah. And um, and I I was lonely. I'm a I'm a lonely person. I'm I'm an extrovert. And when I'm alone, there's no one to be extroverted around. Mm. But I lived in a very small town um, and in a neighborhood that was mostly retirees because my parents were quite old when they had me. And uh, not quite retirees, but but middle-aged, late middle-aged people, people who didn't have children. So there were no children in my neighborhood. And um, so I, I grew up very alone. And... And that has an impact on you. But as a consequence, even though I like to be around people, I also like very much when people go home. <laughs> so, you know, as, as much as I, I really enjoy the company of people, I, I also enjoy the company of myself. I think, and I, think, I like when people go away. I don't think, I don't th- I, I don't think you can really overstate that, that importance, at least to us, because... You know, I, both being only children, we're content to, you know, go off and do our own thing, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's not like we live separate lives. We're, you know, we're best friends and we spend, we work together from home, mm-hmm. but how do we communicate usually? Google Hangouts. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're on one floor of the house and I'm on the other floor of the house or now in this new house in a different building. Yeah, I'm in I'm in the garage in the the workshop in the garage and you know we communicate by Google Hangouts and I think at least for me having the chance to you know uh get do my own thing uh helps not helps because it's not really a problem, but that's the wrong word. I'm six hours behind, Cass. I still, I haven't finished. And I've been up, had three cups of coffee, and burnt a kettle dry already. So, oh. Just don't, don't tell them how many kettles I've burned dry. It hasn't been that years. many. It hasn't been that many. The only one that, that was really, that even really irritated you was that beautiful antique copper one. Yeah, that was a shame. That was um, I shouldn't be using that as a kettle at all. And you know, it it it, it didn't whistle because it didn't have a whistle. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, anyway, it it, it lasted a hundred years. It had a good long life until you melted the nose off of it. I'm a menace. <laughs> I'm a menace. To not be early in our relationship. You said I was not allowed in the kitchen, and I should have just stayed out of the kitchen, even <laughs> even. To boil water, because I love an electric kettle. I love an electric kettle because you can't boil it dry. You just boil it and it shuts itself off. But our electric kettle started shutting itself off before it boiled. Yeah, they don't last long. Then, they're they're disposable implements. You should just no. It was. I mean, was if you weren't still in lockdown, I'd send you the blocker to get another one. Yeah, it was. It was a year. I'm gonna have to order one or something because it's just I drink far too much tea. Yeah, I, I really suggest you do. But this one, it, it smells of 
I mean, I, I boiled it really low once before. And I think, yeah, I think it's, you should order well, we're talking about marriage. One of the wonderful things yes. about marriage is you could mock me for my inability to keep a kettle functional. And you can and mock me for my, my inability to, you know, tie my own shoes without supervision. So, <laughs> well, you were, you were talking about <clears throat> how as only children, it's important for us to have our me time. It's important yeah. for us to be away from each other and yeah. have things that are, our own. but I wanted to contrast that because I'm a Libra and everything has to be in balance. Um, because one of the things, one of the reasons I think that we, that our marriage has lasted this long is that we, we don't, we don't live separate lives. Right. I have friends who are married and they have different friends groups. Oh from yeah. Their spouse. They have different hobbies from their spouse. Um, they don't even see each other, but like two hours a day. I don't understand that. The reason for me to spend my life with someone is to spend my life with someone. And if all of my hobbies and all of my friends are different from their hobbies and their friends, I'm not spending my life with them. So why yeah. would I let them take up space in my house? Again, I, and I think, well, I think I'm going to interject two things. One, um, I'd rather not get hate mail. So let's try and focus not on what other people are doing wrong, though we could rap, yeah. wax rhapsodic about that for hours. But don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that is the wrong way to have a relationship because I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying that I don't understand it because that's not yeah. what I would do. It doesn't work for us. I, I don't understand it. I truly yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, that's um, it. I just wanted to, you know, let's keep it focused on what works for us and how we do things. And maybe it'll work for yeah. somebody else. Who who can say? Because as long as, really, as long as you're not murdering each other, you're doing all right, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I get it. Making each other miserable is not a healthy relationship. And I, you know, we've, we've had our ups and downs like everyone, but I don't think we've ever, for any great length of time made each other miserable no i mean we've had blips yeah. we've had blips where we were not happy but then but they're they're pretty short blips because neither one of us is very um tolerant i don't think right so we only take so much misery before we go hey cut it out well we're only children yeah and um yeah our, our self-preservation instinct is strong yeah i think yeah. And it, it other people might call it, yeah, other people might call it our spoiled brat isms are strong. Yeah. But it helps to say, you know, I need this and you're not giving me that. Or, yeah. or you're taking some, you're, you're doing something to me that's making me feel bad on a regular basis. I need, we need to change this behavior. Yeah. You know. I think another thing that really works for us is we talk. Yeah. I mean, we can, I was just going to say we communicate. Uh, well, both of us can talk for our country. Yeah. And that helps. I could talk a dog's leg off, and I have had two dogs with three legs. <laughs> it's sick. It, it took us a while to learn how to communicate with each other and to recognize. Uh, 
the methods in which we were communicating sometimes, which sometimes caused more problems than failing to communicate would have caused. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I always think there's the thing that you want to say, and then there's the thing that you should say. Yeah. And like you can say. Um, you're hurting me. Which is very simplistic. Mm -hmm. But, and, and it's, it's effective because it's punchy and it, yeah. it's immediate. But if you're talking about emotional something, typically your partner isn't trying to hurt you. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing that's hurting you, they're doing it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you just saying you're hurting me says, okay, that thing, you, you may not do that anymore. Right. And maybe that's something that's important to them. So you have to kind of come at it around a corner and say, you know, that thing that you do, it's not so great for me. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of an example and I can't think of a good example, but I've, I've got um, a flippant one if you want it. Yeah, go ahead. You know, when you go into the kitchen, and this is something you say to me, not me to you. You know, when you go into the kitchen and you get a little thing of pistachios, and then you sit in the living room and you pop a pistachio in your mouth and you. And then you spit the shells out, and then you eat the pistachio nut. If you do that one more time, I am going to murder you. <laughs> I mean, that's a true story fun. true story yeah. not even exaggerated wouldn't you murder him i mean friends wouldn't you murder him <laughs> and i had no idea i was just sucking the salt off the statues yeah and trying yeah. not to eat an entire bag of chips yeah but um you know th things more important than that like i remember there was one point where i said to you i don't feel valued yeah I don't feel like I have value mm -hmm. to you. And that and was huge because it, it, that was huge because I was, you know, in, in hindsight, totally taking you for granted. And, and that was all I said. Mm -hmm. I remember that was all I said. And everything changed in that moment mm -hmm. because I was able to express this is, this is how I feel. I feel not of value. Yeah. And it's not like you went and bought me jewelry or flowers or right. you know, it's it just a fundamental change in the way you reacted to me every day. Yeah. And I don't even know what you stopped doing or what you started doing. I, I think it, if, if memory serves, I just, <laughs> I, I started paying attention. Mm -hmm. And because uh, one thing that one thing that being an only child in a relationship like this does help, but it's also a hindrance in that we're really famous for taking people for granted and yeah. not being terribly introspective. Yeah. And I and think I'm, for us, it and was I'm, a, I'm a lazy fucker. If you, if you want to do something for me, like, Oh, can I make you a cup of tea? You can make me all the cups of tea. I will sit here and wait, you know, I, <laughs> I am totally okay with you doing everything that I don't want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I have ADHD. I will not sit in one place and, you know, let someone else peel me bonbons and make me cups of tea because I have you know, 15 minutes. I want to get up and move. Mm -hmm. I need Which to makes go. it perfect. Every 15 minutes, you can go get me another cup of tea. <laughs> and, you know, keep the kettle intact. So the... Yeah. With your superior kettle boiling skills. I was under a hairdryer. You see this? This doesn't happen by itself. For podcast listeners, <laughs> that's a uh, 30s wave yeah. that she's pointing at. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it's a matter of maintaining a little bit of introspection, <laughs> at least a little bit, and yeah. frankly giving a shit. I used to make a joke many, many years ago, um, and I stopped at about year 10 after I realized that neither one of us ever really had a seven-year itch, mm -hmm. the, the saying used to go, marriage is a process whereby love rapidly ripens into vengeance. And, you know, as pithy H.L. Mencken-type observations go, it, it has a certain amount of humor. But if marriages turn out like that, how terribly sad. Yeah, I remember you you said that to me, like, in the beginning, like, when we first started dating. Yeah. Or possibly before we even started dating. And I just kind of went, ah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be married to you. I've always, you know? been, I've always been a pessimist. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, I think if you're, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it is really funny to get one over on your, your spouse. Sometimes it is awesome to score off them. But it can't be about something that's important. Right. And it can't you know? be, you've got to time it. You've got to time it. So you, you've got to know your spouse long, well enough and give, it, give enough of a shit yeah. that scoring points is playful and fun and not hurtful. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you have to not go too far because something that's playful and fun can get tedious. Oh, very to tiresome. That it becomes hurtful. Yeah. Um, and it helps and that it helps if the if the thing you're the point you're scoring is a point is a thing that you did well, not that the other person messed up. Yeah. Like there, I used to make I used to score off of you the uh, turnpike tunnel incident that shall remain unsaid because I don't although, want. Although it it did eventually start to piss me off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One time I went the wrong direction on the turnpike, and that's that's why yeah, I, that's why I stopped doing gotta, it. You got to tell that story. All right, we were, we were living in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania, and there are two different parts of the Pennsylvania Turnpike convenient to the Lehigh Valley: one that runs east and west, and one that runs north and south. And where we lived, in order to get to the east-west turnpike, it was easiest to take the north-south turnpike. So. We left our house and we were going to uh, one of Cass's old friends who lived down near Philadelphia. And we get to the north-south turnpike and Cass insisted that we go a certain direction. North? Yeah. And I said to myself, that's not the right direction. And I, and I said to her, that's not the right direction. And she said, no, we need to go north. Are you sure? Yes, we need to go north. Ah. All right. 
Like, you should also it. mention that the turnpike doesn't have a whole lot of exits. No. So when you get on the turnpike, you're on it for quite a while. Like before, 20, 20 miles. Yeah, before you realize your mistake and go, oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, on, we got on the turnpike, and uh, I don't think we passed an exit. We started to go through a tunnel. And Cass said, there's, right. no, there's, there's no tunnel on this. And I said, this, this I, is new. I said, you think? And, and let me explain why. Let me explain that I wasn't just an asshole who thought she knew everything. I <laughs> used to live in Philly. Yeah. And when I went to my friend's house, my friend doesn't live in Philly. She lives on the north side to the north of Philly. When I went to her house, I would get on the northeast extension of the turnpike and go one exit north. Yeah. So when I got on the northeast extension of the turnpike in Allentown, I thought, oh, I'll go one exit north and then I'm at Sherry's house. Yeah. But I, wa I was in Allentown. I wasn't. And we, we need to go three exits south. Yeah. We wanted <laughs> to go three exits south. And. And uh, I, I mean, I just had a brain freeze. It was just, yeah. oh, it's a northeast extension. I. I to go to her house, I get on the north side. QED done. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I got to the tunnel and went, I mean, I, really, my first thought was, when did they build this? <laughs> they, they put a massive mountain <laughs> I was and drilled so a tunnel certain. through it. I was so certain I was doing the right thing. And it's just, it's obstinate. It's just, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. No, no. Yeah. And you, you just sat there going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, wait. Yeah, you'll figure it out eventually. We'll get to the New York state border and you'll figure it out. And I've been milking that for the past 18 years. It's true. It's true. But I stopped. But, um, I stopped. I stopped. This is the first I've mentioned it in a dog's age. Yeah. Because yeah, it, honestly, it was getting it tiresome. It doesn't bother me. It was stupid. But it was it, getting it's... it was getting tiresome, and at one point I recognized because I've tried to practice introspection where I can that I was only ever using it to score hurtful points, mm. and that that's not cool. And I, I I recognized that I was doing it because at that point in my life I wasn't feeling like what I was doing had any value, so I felt like I needed to earn something new. Which brings me to my next point, which we, we were talking about how we, 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 you need to have your own life, but you, you know, you don't want to live totally separate lives, but you need to have your own life. You, each partner needs to have this thing that they do and they enjoy. It doesn't necessarily need to involve the other partner. And for a long time there, from like 2007 to 2017, for like 10 years, um, I didn't really feel as though I had much of an identity outside of the duo, the Bob and mm -hmm. Cash show. And it wasn't until I started to make a name for myself in game writing, however small, <laughs> that I felt like I had any value. And it was, there was a long stretch there where I, there were times when I was just vicious toward you because it felt like everything, everything about me that was valuable was predicated on you, which was understandable. I mean, it was reconstructing history. You took me away from an outside job in 2007 
And uh, yeah, it was. It, it, but and I realized toward the end there that I was getting really angry because everything about me was feeling like an offshoot of you. And and that's that's hard. I mean, it is not easy to run a small business together. No, it is and, not. And live together. And I mean, from the start, what we tried to do was have you do certain things in the business and I do certain things in the business. Yeah. But ultimately, here's this business that I, I started building before I met you. Yeah. And it was all about me. And ultimately, you know, we, we discussed the decisions, but ultimately it's my ship, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and I have, I have certain things that I want to do and I take into consideration what you think, but sometimes you'll say something I completely disagree with. And I say, literally tough. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, mostly because I'm angry, <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, it, I, I know that that was, that was difficult for you. And, and the only thing you can do is get through it because, yeah. you know, I mean, you ended up becoming the, the, the show face, the, the, the event personality of reconstructing history. Um, you ended up being, you know, you were the person who dealt with all the shipping and customer uh, correspondence and all that kind of stuff. And you have to do that. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to break a piece off and go, okay, here, this is, this is your piece. Yeah. But, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't your dream to own a historical pattern company. Um, and I, I, I knew all along that that was difficult. Yeah. Um, and I tried to be grateful, but being grateful doesn't, doesn't stop you from feeling like you're working for the man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we got, we got through it. It helped. I mean, the, 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 when we were doing events that really helped Mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you basically said, okay, we're, you want to do events. That's your bailiwick. That's your patch. Cause I'm not going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and then, you know, because all I ever really wanted to do was hit people with swords. I hired people to watch the shop while I went and hit people with swords. And it worked out fine. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Angie. <laughs> Hello, Robin. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, it, was, it, it was a great, it, it was a great, like, line of demarcation. Yeah. Because hobbies only help so far. Yeah, because the important thing was the the important thing wasn't that you were sword fighting, because that was that was your hobby that yeah. I don't have that hobby. So, you know, I'm interested in it enough that you could talk to me about it. But then there's that's a what point got me where, into funny clothes anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was that was cool that you had that that was different, a different part of the hobby than my part of the hobby, which is clothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it helped a lot that you had this thing that you went and did and and that you you came home from it successful yeah came home from feeling like you'd contributed something that i at that point didn't feel you know for all my extroversion i had a couple of years in there that i was really i really felt 
um, that I didn't want to talk to people. Yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to be away from people. Mm -hmm. And so you were the outward face of reconstructing history and you did an excellent job. I mean, you took us a, to a great deal of places and got us an audience we wouldn't have had if it hadn't been for you. And um, yeah, it, it, it worked out. It, yeah. And I think it worked out because we constantly talked about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we communicated. Know. That's that's the important thing. We we communicated. That's the most important thing about anything like this. You know, you, nothing you, has. You just, you can't hold something to yourself and suffer through it. You yeah. can't, you can't say, "Oh, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be quiet, or I'm going to keep my feelings to myself." Especially when you, especially when you don't actually have a job, and outside the house, yeah. if you're working from home, and many, 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 many people learned this lot in the last couple of months, mm -hmm. that you know, if you can't escape. It's yeah. you got to talk through it, or else something is going to pop, or you're going to burst a blood. Yeah. You're either going to burst a blood vessel, or you're going to go off like an alarm clock out of the blue, and it's just not happy, not healthy. Yeah, and that kind of makes me think of something that I think is is important. Um, I think it's also important that you keep your conversations private, like. It's totally fine when your spouse gets on your nerves and you go rant to your friends. Oh my God, I could kill him. He left the cap off the toothpaste again. She burned the kettle dry again. You know, that's fine. Um, my poor but, antique copper kettle. The nose just fell off. Oh, it was terrible. It was so sad. It broke my heart. I should I should have never used it. No, it's just... Um, uh, it, it hurts me. Um, but you, I think it's, it's a very difficult thing to have a friend who's closer than your spouse. Mm -hmm. And personally, I feel that your spouse should be the closest person to you. Yeah. Because, um, and I, I know there, I don't have, a friend that I've known longer than I've known you. Right. You know, um, because all of my friends that I knew before you, either I don't know them anymore, or there was a big period in, in the middle where I didn't know them and now I know them again or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't have a childhood friend that I still talk to all the time. And, but I think that, I think that you're, in, in order for your marriage to be, successful i think that your partner has to be the closest person to you and not just physically they have to be the person who you talk to the most often mm -hmm. and, and who really knows your mind and knows your fears and your apprehensions and all that kind of stuff they have to be your best friends and this is why this whole horseshit about oh she put me in the friend zone pisses me off because yeah. friend I, I have friends that are closer to me and more important to me than most of the guys I've ever slept with, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you, I, I dislike that friend means 
something negative. Or, the, or that a platonic f friendship is deemed less valuable than a sexual one. Yeah, because I think, I think you know, in the long run, you have to be friends. Yeah. And you can't just say you're friends because you don't hate each other. Yeah. There's a difference between being companions and being friends. Yeah, I think like and friends here we are kill or die. You know, I mean, I would I would kill for you or I would I would die for you. Real, real friends help you move bodies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, see, and, I think, and, and now we're getting into the Greek um, concept of love, and there are five definitions, and I can never remember all of them. Filio? Yeah, there's filio, amor, you know, the passionate love. I, uh, agape? agape? Agape, love toward self. everyone. Is it? Yeah. Um, um. I can't remember, but anyway, that if you're, I I think for me, the reason why our relationship works is because we have amor is great, amor is a lot of fun, but it eventually burns itself out. So if you don't have the the filio kind of love in your relationship, then it, your relationship is either doomed to fail or you're going to be miserable and everything you do from there on out is just mitigation. Like how many how many times did we know people when we were growing up that, you know, the the mother had her thing that she did, father had his thing that he did, and they talked once a week, really. Yeah. You, I, you know. I it, I grew up I grew up in a place, I had very bad um, models of marriage right. as a child. Um, I grew up in a place where no one got divorced. You didn't get divorced because we're Catholic and we don't get divorced, even though Catholics get divorced all the time. Um, Catholics aren't allowed to remarry unless they get an annulment, but they, they can get divorced. Right. Um, but yeah, but also a very poor area. So if you got divorced, you would have to have two separate dwellings and nobody could afford that. They could barely afford the one they had. So it was a big deal. So it was a very, I think, and it's also why I'm, I'm very, um, I'm the way I am about money because I, I have to, I have to be able to, to, uh, I can't be dependent on somebody. Right. Um, and I, I, it, it, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. I know there was a guy. Good thing you married me then. Yeah. No, there was a guy I really, really, I was in a relationship with a guy for three years and I, I loved him. But then he started making money. And I moved on. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't realize that, that it's he didn't change. I mean, he just like his paychecks would go in the bank and he would forget about them. But um, but the fact that he was making more money than I was, was upsetting to me mm -hmm. because I felt because I saw in my childhood how money was how um, the men I knew controlled their yeah. wives yeah. and their children. And that that was they didn't have to be kind. They didn't have to be understanding. They just had to say, well, if you don't like it, get out. 
or I'm not paying for that. And, and that was it. You were done. You know, yeah. you were, you were screwed because you had no, nothing else you could do. And it's, it's a very strange story. I didn't know what most of my friends' fathers looked like growing up because <laughs> yeah. no, it, tr true story. <clears throat> Come home from their job. And I worked in this, you know, working class area where every man's job was a physical job, like construction or mining or whatever. And they would come home from their job and sit in front of the TV set and wait for their dinner to be served to them on their TV tray in front of the TV set. So I only had the experience of seeing my friend's fathers from the back of their head. <laughs> Literally, I didn't recognize them from the front because right. I only saw them from the back of their heads. And many of my friend's fathers, I, I couldn't, I didn't recognize at all. I knew their mothers. I would go over and they, they would ask me to come in. I'd sit in the kitchen and have cookies with them and, you know, hang out for a while. And I knew all my friend's mothers, but the fathers, I, you know, you have to go in to the TV room and say, you know, hello, Mr. Smith, because that was being polite. How are you? And they go grunts, grunts, grunts. And then you'd fuck off and go back and get your cookies. But so my idea of marriage was this, this, um, situation I never wanted to be in. I didn't mm -hmm. want to be in a situation where someone like that ran my life. Yeah. And it really, it, it put me off the whole idea of marriage because I never saw marriage as a relationship between two people. I saw it as a financial arrangement where somebody else controls you. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real here it, at its core. Marriage is a it's a business arrangement and a contract. Yeah. I mean, it helps if you actually have a relationship with the person you're in the contract with. Yeah, but, but it, it's, it's it helps if you're on good terms, but otherwise... It's a legal piece of paper that says where your financial assets go. Right. Or who controls your financial assets. And, you know, it's within my lifetime that women have been able to have their own assets and that sounds bank crazy, accounts, credit cards. Yeah. yeah. In, in the 1970s, you know, before, before I was old enough to have these things by myself, but in the, in the 1970s, a, a woman could not have her own credit card, could not have her own bank account. Like you could literally have a son, you know, be a fully grown woman with a child and your son could open a bank account for you, but you could not open a bank yeah. account for yourself. Yeah, it's some bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. And yet, it's, it's and yet, bleak. and yet, inconvenient. Because when, when when I was on when I was on the phone with USAA the other day trying to do something with yes. our accounts, Cass has her own credit card. Yeah. Every everything in USAA is in my name. I, I'm the one who wore a uniform and got access to USAA, but there's a credit card for USAA that I can't do anything about. Yeah. And it's, and <laughs> I actually, I had a call the guy and I got on the phone with him and I said, and he said, you know, why are you calling us today? And I'm like, Oh, because you can't, my husband couldn't take care of this credit card. And I thanked him. I said, I want to thank you <laughs> because that's really important Yeah, it is that women, control their own assets. It's empowering. 
And it's, it's, it's a really fundamental thing. Yeah, well, yeah, because if, if I was calling up to make a change on the account, or if you were calling up to make a change on the account because we were getting divorced, the fact that you couldn't touch my account is important. Mm -hmm. um, and so I appreciated it, even though it meant I had to call someone on the phone, and I hate talking to people on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but you got your revenge. because Yeah, you yeah. Say, oh, would you would you call these people for me because I don't want to? You have to call on the phone. <laughs> yes. no, I think a... it was an elaborate ruse. It was just an elaborate <laughs> yes, ruse. Yes, I set up the entire the entire women's lib movement. Is <laughs> just to get me to talk on the phone. Yeah. But now having yeah. a, having a, the things you have to do separately, or that you prefer to do separately, I think is important. I mean, it can't take over your life, which is one of the reasons why I got out of ham radio. Because as much as I enjoyed it, it is a thing, it's a solo activity. When you yeah, and it's a, it's a sit in a box with other, with old men and boxes that go beep. And for something that's supposed to be about communicating, nobody talks to each other. And even when, even when you're in, in a group activity, in amateur radio, 95% of the time, you're sitting there with a set of headphones on, concentrating on what's coming out of the receiver. And, you know, you can, you can have people two feet on the other side of you, and they might as well not be there. Yeah. So as much as I enjoyed it, it, it became some, it lost all of its appeal because it wasn't something we could do together. I mean, I'm sure we could have found some part of it that we could do together, but I just it, those are those are parts of because there are many many different things to do in amateur radio, mm -hmm. but the actual operating of the radios is not a, it's not something we can do together. And yeah, I remember we went for that contest the 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 Halloween yeah. weekend contest. We went to Antigua, mm -hmm. and we went to Antigua, and we went to this all inclusive resort for a week in the Caribbean in October and um, and there was a hurricane, um, there was a tropical storm. And, you know, and like all the men went off to the shack yeah. with the radio and all of the women hung out around the pool. And um, yeah. I won't say I needed it because it was Antigua and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, what do you, I mean, that might sound like some people's version of paradise, but I'm like, what am I doing by myself? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm like, these people just want to sit around the pool. I read so many books. I read all of Dan Brown's books. I read all of Oh, the, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's what they had, you know, the books that you could just borrow from the pool. Um, the, 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 um, girl with the dragon tattoo, the trilogy. Oh so yeah. Yeah. I read those. Which, oh my God, when you're not in the mood for big words, the 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 Scandinavian, the, the Swedish names of things can become impenetrable. I read it again years later and I didn't mind it at all, but sitting by the side of the pool and trying to like sound out these Swedish names was terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things like, yeah, okay, I can sit on the beach, but okay, this beach doesn't have a lifeguard. So I could go swimming, but I can only swim to a certain point. And then I can't go out on, like they had um, 
uh, what do you call it? Uh, hobby cats that you can. Yeah, borrow. the hobby cats. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to go out on a hobby cat by myself, you know, because I'm I'm not I'm not at that time I I didn't sail at all. Right. I'd never sailed by myself before. So, you know, you kind of don't want to do that. And you're like, oh, I'll go out in a kayak. You go out in a kayak a little bit, and then you're like, oh, I'm tired. I'll go back. <laughs> it, and it's. And then the it's tropical boring. storm came in, and the, the, the lagoon that had the swimming beach on it was. Yeah, we, went, we went for a swim. Remember, we went for a swim, and we came back in, and there was the British couple with a with small yeah. child. And they were out. There was a dock. The, I think yeah. that's the one you, you took the Hobie cat out of. And the, the, the little boy started, Mommy, Mommy, look at all the jellies. Yeah, and he turns around, watch out for all the jellies. Be careful of the jellies. And, and we like, and oh, shit, I just got out of that water. We just swam right water. through it. And it was chock-a-block with stinging jellyfish driven inshore by the tropical storm. And we lucked out there. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, and I mean, it's clearly this worked for all of the other wives who yeah. were on the trip. I think it's important to remember that I think it might be a generational thing because it's important to remember that no, no. Well, the two Americans who were with us mm-hmm. were the generation before us. The yeah. back of the head generation, as you might say. Mm-hmm. And but the well one of the Italian guys was of that generation, but the younger Italian guy mm-hmm. he had his girlfriend yeah. along. And God, watching those two have conversations was entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, she was really interesting. But I only saw her at dinner. Like I yeah. didn't see her during the day. She went and did other things, and I, I yeah, you know. But it's it, I think it, doing things to. I mean, now we don't do everything together. Um, but you know, when we we also don't have a whole lot of activities that we only do by ourselves like there's like i have my games some of which you participate in i also play yeah which is fantastic Um, i have uh my languages my obsession with languages which sometimes makes you glaze over but you're also studying dutch so there's you know you you study dutch you've you've studied irish you you get it you're not mm-hmm. as passionate about as i am but you're it's it's the opposite of you and me in gaming i like to game but i don't like to sit around and talk about everything all the time yeah you have you have a passing interest in gaming i have a passing interest in languages yeah and and um the important thing is that they coincide yeah so yeah. and we don't we don't do anything the other one hates right and i really I, I don't know if that's by design or by mistake. You know, I mean, I don't want to say mistake, but, but just coincidence. It just so happens, yeah, it just so happens that we don't do anything that the other one hates because there was one like, thing. Hmm. There was one thing um, that for many, I've been a musician my entire life, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> being a musician, you're always playing for dancers. You never really dance yourself. And so I never, it's dancing, bleh, pain in the ass. No. And then, but yeah, Cass, ladies and gentlemen, is an enthusiastic dancer since a small child. So 
you know, all there was always that. Let's go dancing. Let's go dancing. We're going to do ballroom dancing. We're going to do dancing. And so we just one day I just all right, whatever. Let's do some ballroom dancing. <laughs> no, but truth be told, you said to me very early when we were dating, like I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to do any of that ballroom shit. I just want to take you like swing dance and do some big band stuff. And I was like, sold. <laughs> yeah, because that looked like you know, fun. You know that that looked like that looks like so much fun. But my point is, we then started taking ballroom lessons. And I thought, oh, the, oh this is going to be... Uh. And it turns out it was a lot of fun. And I, I enjoy it. Mainly because it's a challenging physical thing. That, you know, I can let my testosterone-soaked masculinity revel in the competition of it. And also the dominance of leading. No, you're going yeah. over here. Yeah, anyway, that's oh, I thought you were going to really say true. something. That, I, I thought you were. I thought you came up with something that you did that I hated or something. No, something that something that you did that I was not at all keen to even start. Yeah. But then I found that I tried it, and I found out that I liked it. And I mean, you know, there are lots and lots and lots of couples at ballroom places where the guy is there because the girl dragged him yeah. and you're not that you've never been that guy because you're a musician mm -hmm. and more than that you're a drummer you're a percussionist so like there have been so many times when as a dancer sometimes as a dancer you don't listen to the music you're counting yeah because in until until you put everything together the music isn't so important um you know the choreography is counted out so you're you count it out and then once you learn it then you can incorporate the music but even though the music's on you're not really listening to it you're you're doing your count and you'll constantly go you're not on the beat you're not on the beat or i'll just i'll just stop yeah i'll just stop be like, we'll be dancing dancing on? be like huh? yeah. and one yeah. <laughs> and 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 that is wonderful. And I mean, we've gone to dance classes. Well, I mean, we've gone we've gone to take private lessons because dance classes annoy us. Mm -hmm. um, because it, when you're waiting for a bunch of people who've never danced before to figure out which is their left foot and which is their right foot, it's it's very uh, annoying. Or if you you're going to a beginner's class and you've got, as you said earlier, a woman who's very enthusiastic about learning this dance and a man who couldn't give two shits mm -hmm. and the woman is very enthusiastic but she has no technique this happened so many times because we, we got pretty good and there'd be a new step we wanted to learn like merengue or something mm -hmm. and we would go to these beginners group classes just to get the basic steps into our feet and there'd be people who with, with no dance at all no technique and you know how they shuffle partners and Cass would mm -hmm. get a guy who couldn't tell shit from Shinola if he licked it. And I'd get a woman who was very enthusiastic, but frame, no frame, no communication. And clearly we're just doing the steps opposite each other. Mm -hmm. I couldn't direct her in any direct, in any way at all. So even if she wasn't getting it and I got it, I couldn't help her yeah. because she and didn't I, know what frame was. 
I, I used to hate those classes because we would go to those classes and you think, I'm here to learn something. And almost unilaterally, I would end up teaching yeah. every partner I had but you yeah. because yeah. they couldn't get the basic rhythm or the basic, you know, the foundation step. But, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not there to teach. I'm there to learn. Right. And I couldn't learn because the guy I was dancing with didn't get the basics the last time. So it's it's very annoying. But, um, but just to illustrate that we found that this is a thing that we thought we were going to do separately. And I would have been perfectly content for you to go off to the ballroom thing and have mm -hmm. fun, have a blast. But I came along. And I can't wait till this stupid pandemic has burned itself out so we can go back. Because we, we had just yeah, started doing Argentine tango yeah. when the pandemic hit. Argentine tango class got postponed once and then canceled. Yeah. So we had, we had like a break in the middle of it where we had to take weeks off. And then, and then they came back and had to cancel it because they couldn't uh, postpone it any longer. Yeah. But it'll it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. They have a lovely studio. It's not going to go anywhere because it's the Netherlands, and they they actually give a shit about subsidizing their small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I can't wait to get go to the salsa places and yeah. go to the, just the, the social um, dancing places. Yeah, and there are a lot of salsa places in Eindhoven and that I I want to go in salsa. Yeah. I haven't salsaed in so long. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I haven't salsa in so long that I think it's something you put on tortilla chips only. It's, <laughs> it's, it's two steps. It's really not hard, but I just don't have it in me anymore. And, and merengue is a thing you put on top of a pie. Yep. Um, but but yeah, yeah, so, on topic, the, the important yeah, thing I mean, is finding yeah. things that, that coincide. Yeah, it's it's not like you have to be totally passionate about the same things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was going to take the example of of historical swordsmanship. I am not I'm not someone who's ever liked the martial arts. I've done some martial arts, but I don't enjoy combat. I don't mm -hmm. enjoy sparring. But I do really love the choreography mm -hmm. of sword work. I love katas. Yep. I love you know, like the, the Tai Chi kind of mm -hmm. part of it. Um, so we're so, on our plan for next year is to yeah. get get uh, long swords mm -hmm. and do some historical swordsmanship in yeah. the park where people can go, the hell is that? Not yeah. where we're hitting each other with things, but where we're doing the basic transitions between stances and stuff like that. It'll be fun. Yeah, and I think our our... our love of horseback riding kind of came out of something similar yeah well that that, um, that came out of a yeah because i was always terrified of horses <laughs> i didn't want to get anywhere near something exponentially larger than me that might possibly dislike me and you've been riding since you're old enough to to pronounce the word stirrup yeah. and it um and then I'm not, this podcast is already running long, so I'm not going to tell the story, but one day I... It's, it's a cute story. We tell were, the story. We were at a cowboy event in Maryland, and uh, one of the other people, the, the other people who had set up this 
display set up a saloon. And Jeff Deschmacher, may he rest in peace, was labeling up all these bottles, old bottles that he found with all these clever labels like Dr. McGillicuddy's snake venom re remedy or something like that. It's bourbon. <laughs> For somebody who doesn't want this podcast to get too long, you're going very far out of the story to tell them an important part of the story. This is an important setup. This is an important setup. Jeff Deschmacher kept asking me to taste all these different Dr. McGillicuddy's snake bite remedy. And, you know, yes, and he got a great deal of fun. After, oh, wow, that's bourbon. That's a different kind of bourbon. Well, I got really, really, really fit chased. And two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and right next to our, our tent was a some people who came with their Mustangs, the Pintos, horses, anyway, spotty horses. And they had a little portable corral set up with those look like gates you see on horse farms, but they link together to make a little ring, a place to corral your horses. And this corral was between me and the nearest portalettes. So I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I had slept in my contacts, so everything was a little blurry. It's foggy. And I'm headed toward the portalettes. I'm like, eh, why walk all the way over there? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So I Oh, here's a convenient fence. I'll just urinate on that. And it was the horse corral. And the young, young horse, what, three, two, three years old? Came, that. I thought it was a yearling, young and real Came young. up out of the mist, came thundering up out of the mist, put his nose on my sternum as I'm in mid-wee, went, <laughs> as if to say, hey, who are you? Well, I fell back, screamed like a ten-year-old girl. We went everywhere. <laughs> and I realized he was just being curious so I went up and scratched his ears and stuff and the soft nosy the oh soft yeah nose. and on the drive home I decided you know what they're not so bad <laughs> this is a thing I should think I should learn I should know how to do because we've been watching the Avengers not the <laughs> movies not the movies the old British TV show with Mrs. Peel and John Steed and we'd just seen an episode where they had the one the it it involved a fox hunt. And of course, one of the many things Steed knows how to do because he's a gentleman is ride to hounds. So I got it into my head that I need to ride. I need to know how to ride. One of those things a gentleman must know. So I started taking lessons. Yeah, and in, in in a very weird coincidence, a friend of mine who I used to work with. Um, in graphic had, design, yeah, had just moved to uh, from New Jersey to Pennsylvania because she bought a horse farm, and yep. you know we got to be friends over horses. And she just bought a horse farm and was like, "Yeah, come help me, and you could ride my horses." And she was setting up a, a riding school, and so you know we helped her put up fences and and feed and all the kind of stuff that needed to be done around this place and. Mm -hmm. We got to ride the horses, so you know you you got over your fear by being thrown off of rather small ponies. <laughs> badly, badly, <laughs> badly chucked off of ill-tempered little bastards. Yeah. But so yeah. So yeah, yeah we're going to start that when I get back. Yeah, but no ill-tempered little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> give me a give me a calm, even-tempered. Draft horse. I'll be, I'll be fine. 
but God, yeah there, there, there was so much like you were like oh and we're gonna do this next year i'm like no we're gonna do this this year as soon as we possibly can yeah it is this year this year we're not waiting anymore right I'm, oh my god but it's it's stuff we can do it's stuff we can do together like i don't know if i'll ever actually ride to hounds but to be able to take to be able to go out in a hack yeah. is a great it is a great deal of fun to be able to go out in a hack and you know go to on, on go onto one of the hydas and look at look around it's a nice long stretch of road that's dead flat and sandy because it's the netherlands see that point way down there race ya <laughs> let's hit it and see what happens whack yep yep i think that's going to be fun I think we're going to get a GoPro. We're going to get a GoPro and put it on your yeah. helmet. <laughs> I forget the name of the channel now, but it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes, the one I've been watching, where she oh, writes yeah. Equinology, I think it is. Yeah. English woman who has to put uh, disclaimers on her videos. Yes, there is swearing. Because her, her horse, she, it's funny because her horse, Carrie, is so brave. Mm-hmm. And just was like, yeah, the hell with it, and we'll do anything. And she's just like, and but yeah, the, there's a couple where she, because she wears a GoPro, helmet mounted GoPro, yeah. and when she goes off, oh my god. And as I commented on one of her videos, I'm glad I'm not the only one who prefaces going between a horse's ears with shit. I think I think that's required. <laughs> that's what you must say. Yeah, I just I just found the channel and it's it's a very small channel. I think it only has like ten videos and they're all from like four years ago. Somebody got a GoPro, put it on their helmet and went off. Yeah. And it's they're all um shots from Martha's Vineyard. I'll, oh. I'll drop the link in. Yeah, yeah. There's shots from Martha's Vineyard. And the reason I found them was I watch a lot of channels that are um bareback and and bitless. Oh yeah, yeah. And this was uh, racing down a road in Martha's Vineyard, bareback and bitless. Oh, and it sounds just, so cool. It just looks like so much fun, and that you're just like, I want to do that. And, and then she has she has videos of them running in the snow, and it's it's a lot of fun. And her standing, she stands up on her horse's back, but of course she's got the camera on her head. Yeah points her head down so you could see the silhouette on the grounds of her standing on the horse's nice. back. So it's kind of cool. That's, yeah, it's, it, it's fun. So, you know, just an example of things, you know, doing things together or finding, finding things that coincide. And that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and enjoying each other's company. That's, I think the most, if you're not enjoying each other's company, what, what on earth are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say that we have all the answers. Oh, God. Lord knows we have problems. Yeah. We've been together for 20 years, and we must have done something right. Yeah. I'd like to think so. So, And we've spent the majority of that in very close proximity to each other. Yeah. If we didn't kill each other, you won't kill each other. And I think, well, I think a lot of that has to do with your office is in one room and mine is in another. So we do have some degree of separation. Yeah. But um, that's one thing that helps. Well, We're yeah. Not... And I also, I'm very, very careful not to be your boss. 
Yeah. Because there are things in the business that need to be done, but I I can't be your boss yeah. because that will not work. No. So you you gotta know you gotta you gotta know, and you also have to talk through everything. Yeah. I think. Communication, communication, communication. Not just slithering. Like yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. A day and late. If you're in a relationship, work together, communicate, try not to murder one each one another because prison is unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, not everybody in the world needs to be married either. No. You know, maybe maybe it's just not for you. Yeah. I I don't think I would have gotten married again if I hadn't met you specifically because yeah. it I just don't think it it was my kind of game. Yeah, yeah, but you know here we are. Yay! <laughs> so peeps, my lovely people, if you're listening to this on a podcast delivery service, leave us a review, leave us a rating, follow us, all that jazz. If you write us a review, I will we will select one at random each week to read aloud here on the podcast. We don't care what you say, so you can get either Cass or I to say anything you like in these reviews, and we will read them. We haven't had any come in yet, so we're not getting that yet. So that's a podcast thing. We appreciate you listening. If you're look if you're looking at this on YouTube, you know the drill. Like, subscribe, ring the little bell thing so you get notifications of everything. And uh, yeah, comment. Comment. Yeah, if you have something you want to if you have something you want to hear us talk about, comment um, wherever you can. We'll get notified of it. Or send us an email to info at reconstructinghistory.com. And I think that's all the housekeeping. Promotional yeah. consideration provided by nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll see you next time here on the Reconstructing History Podcast. Bye.